0: Well, let's discuss for just a moment a very interesting study. Dr. Larry Dosey. He's uh, very responsible for getting prayer and medicine discussions tied together. There was a time not too long ago when uh, doctors didn't want people coming into hospitals and praying, but he helped change that. Did some great studies on people that we would say had a miracle healing in the medical world. They might call it a spontaneous remission, but. There's about 3,000 well-documented cases in medical journals about people that go through spontaneous remission, what we would say is a miracle, and they studied 60 of those people by interviewing them and asking them this question. They said, why did you get well? First time that was asked, other times they just studied the data, tried to look at the scientific discussions about somebody's medical condition. This time they asked the patients though, why did you get well? Now, this last week, we looked at this verse in Job 40, verse 4, where Job got a taste of God's grace and his presence, and he said, I am speechless. We'll come back to that study here in just a moment, but what we're looking for in 2018 is to move in and say, let me have more of those moments where God's grace is so evident, his presence so deep, that we just simply say, I am speechless. Speechless moments like experienced by Rita Kloss, who has one of the most documented cases of a miracle healing. Rita Kloss at one time, when she was younger, became a nun, one of the youngest people to become a nun, had this deep faith, entered into a convent, but shortly thereafter started to feel ill, pains in her body, weakness, tired. She found out after a diagnosis, she had a very aggressive multiple sclerosis condition and she very quickly got very, very ill and was in a wheelchair and she left the convent and essentially left her faith. She had tremendous struggles, tremendous depression. She became a teacher. They had to rearrange a classroom and do a special setup so she could teach in this high school. Sometimes she was in the wheelchair. Other times she could use leg braces, but she was in pain and she gave up her faith. Years went by of this depression and pain and darkness. And One time somebody prayed for her and she felt different. And so she thought she would think more about praying and and begin to pray herself. And one day she said she was at home at night and this still small voice in her heart said, just ask. She went to school the next day. She was teaching class, sitting in her wheelchair when her toes started to wiggle. She said, I need somebody to take me home. She got a ride back to her house when she was alone there in her living room she looked at some stairs said god if this is you there's 13 stairs there allow me to walk up those stairs she felt a tremendous change in her body she stood up she ran up the stairs ran down the stairs ran around the block screaming yelling celebrating found her husband so excited as we can imagine called her doctor They said what had happened. The doctor said, you're lying. They went to see the doctor and he accused her of being identical twins and that they were pulling a joke on him and he was angry. Finally, when they convinced the doctor who she really was, that she had this miraculous healing, it baffled everybody. And since then, she's been going around the country sharing her story about her own speechless moment. But here's the thing. What happened to read a clause can happen in your life, my life, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, relationship need. That's the picture of Job saying, you know what? I am speechless. When God's presence invades our life at that level, it can be yours as well. We're going to look at a verse today, one of those ones you're going to want to memorize and come back to often. Again, We looked at Luke 19, 13 last week as well. Occupy till I come, he said to the disciples. Occupy till I come. Occupy means improve things. Improve things. When you step into 2018 and say, what's my goal? May it be for each of us. I want to improve things for those around me in my own life, my relationships, my spiritual growth. And just considering the questions again, what can I start improving today? What boring problems do I need to stop focusing on What are some speechless moments in my life? We're going to look at a verse here again out of the book of Hebrews, but something Mark Baderson said I think is so true. He said, I believe we are all one prayer away from a totally different life. I agree with that. I would also say we are one decision away from a totally different life. Life changes in a moment when a person makes a decision. Decision means to cut off other routes. And that decision comes in a moment when we say, no more, I won't settle, this is the day, and we then step into that decision. There might be a lot of moments, weeks, months, years, leading up to that place of decision, but when that decision is made, life changes. Back to Larry Dossie's study. Question again, why did you get well? Answers we would expect. The first one, 61% said faith. 68% said prayer. Here's the surprising one, though. 75%, why did you get well, said this, positive expectation. Positive expectation. We gather together for worship when we're in our own prayer time, We have to come to that place of having that expectation. What is it you expect God to do in your life? Again, the questions we look at on a regular basis, what's great, what's missing? And for today, for this week, what do you expect God to do in your life? What do you expect God to do in your life? So stop and think a moment about prayer and studies show 90% of women... Pray on a regular basis. 80% of men pray on a regular basis. But consider what Terry Sisney says. You can say, I believe the Bible is true. I believe every promise. But if you do not know what those promises are, and you do not personalize them and stake your claim concerning them, you will never experience them. You see, when we gather together, when we encourage that private time of study is to find those promises and to say, you know what, God, your word says this. Here's my prayer. My expectation then is you're going to meet that need because according to thy word, it shall be done. But you have to know what's in scripture. You have to know, again, the picture of Jesus saying, occupy till I come. When people say, what is your faith about? A very easy answer could be, you know what, till he tarries. I will improve things with the assignment that he's given me. I will seek to improve things in other people's lives, in my community, in my relationships, spiritually, and look for those speechless moments. So, point of decision, big decision for each of us on a day-to-day basis is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 11, just one verse. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says. One of these verses to memorize, Hebrews 4, 11, Let us labor to enter that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He contrasts that rest and the example of unbelief. We'll look at that example of unbelief. The example of unbelief being discussed here, he goes into detail in chapter 3 and 4 of Hebrews, is the time of Moses, Israel, the nation then crossing the Red Sea, and there's A few hundred thousand to about three million people. Estimates vary how many people are with Moses. They have this miracle. They leave Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. When they get to the desert, what do they do? They then do what the writer just said. They enter into unbelief. They begin to create gods. They begin to make themselves as God. They begin to serve self. They begin to commit crimes. They commit sin. They do violence to one another. They forget God's deliverance. And what happens then? They don't get lost in the wilderness like people say. They wait. 39 years at Kadesh Barnea. Why are they waiting? God says you will not enter the promised land. For 39 years they wait because it's going to be a waiting till each person in that group that left Egypt dies, except for two people, Caleb and Joshua. Now here's where people make a mistake. They equate the promised land with heaven. And you'll see here in the verses, when this story takes place, the promised land does not mean heaven. That can be a metaphor sometimes, but again, when people say they did not enter the promised land, they did not enter heaven, that is not true. The promised land is for today, it's for now. It's that life in Christ, that joy unspeakable, that peace that surpasses understanding, it's that rest. And another word for that rest is perfect peace. What is it that people really want in life? Everybody wants perfect peace, perfect peace where we stop the the wrestling. Can I just be good enough or accepted? Can I please God? Have I overcome this struggle? Can I find love, not find love? Can I be happy? All that wrestling, if we could just be in perfect peace, that's what everybody wants. Now, we all experience it here and there. And the goal was to say, let me enter that rest, that perfect peace more often more often than this coming year. Let me enter in where I cease wrestling and just trust that it is finished in Christ and he liveth through me and less of me and more of him. So what happens in the book of Numbers when this unbelief is discussed shows us the promised land is not heaven. It's not a salvation issue here. In fact, Numbers 14, 20, the Lord said to Moses, I have forgiven them as you asked. So the people are forgiven. However, they will not enter the promised land. Why? Again, unbelief, sin, disobedience. They will not inherit the full promises of God. Same thing stops people today. People can know their sins are forgiven if they surrender to Christ But that entering into that promised land comes when we walk in him. Here's the rest of Numbers 14. God continues, they have tempted me 10 times and have not obeyed me. They're forgiven, but they are disobedient. So his response is, therefore, they will by no means see the promised land I swore to their fathers. They will not enter the promised land. Moses did not enter the promised land either. We know, of course, he's in heaven. He's there when Jesus is transfigured. So again, the promised land is not about some future time. It's about life now. You want to enter into the promised land? It's entering into perfect peace, that perfect rest. The decision is, do I want to enter into that rest or do I live the disobedient life or the life of disbelief? Let's take a look at something. This took less than five minutes for me to put these together on this slide. See if people are living in perfect peace. Everybody wants it. Are people living in it? Even people that say they believe in Christ, are they truly living in perfect peace? Do you know people that look like they're in perfect peace? Or do you see people wrestling constantly, feeling like they don't have fulfillment, always chasing the next thing? Less than five minutes, I grabbed these headlines off the internet here this morning. I'm sure by now, an hour ago, I put these on. They're probably different ones now, but is this perfect piece? The first one from USA Today, the headline 31 million people believe they will owe credit card debt when they die. Reader's Digest, if you don't stop eating these seven high carb foods, they could kill you. Uh, Here's one from health.com. Why young, healthy people are dying from the flu this season. And this one here from NBC News. What should you do in case of nuclear attack? Are these perfect peace? Are people living in perfect peace? What is it that everybody wants? They want to know that rest. And again, what is the writer of Hebrews said? Labor, strive to enter that rest. How do you enter into that rest? Again, we already saw that it's about obedience. It's about walking in faith. But the song, Tis So Sweet Trust in Jesus, says it very well, just from sin and self to cease. Entering into the new year, just from sin and self to cease. Less of me and more of him. We can all have those speechless moments. What happened for Rita Claus can happen in your life, in my life, in different ways. We can all walk in that place of saying, you know what? His call for each disciple is to occupy, improve things till he comes. And ultimately, that we can say, let me enter into that rest. That rest where he is my perfect peace where my faith is not moved, and I live and breathe and have my being in Him. As we've talked before, one of the great ways to do that, two guys won a a medical prize for this discovery, but called heart breathing. You simply place your hand on your heart until you can feel your heartbeat. and, And once you do, then two minutes, you just give gratitude for things in your life. You can start by giving gratitude for your heart that beats 100,000 times a day without any effort on your part. Just for breathing and saying, thank you, Father, for the the breath that you've given me so that I live life. And for two minutes, what they found is if you do that and you feel your heart beat and you have gratitude and truly just quietly in your prayer, sure, I'm so grateful for... What happens is your heartbeat and your brain wavelength, they go in sync. And then you experience that tremendous peace and calm, that true sense of perfect peace. And again, nobody lives there 24 seven. That's the ultimate goal, but we can live there more and more and more. When we simply say, again, I want to be in that rest. I want to be in that place where sin and self will cease. Another few questions as we close, but to reflect back and to stop and think, you know, this past year, I learned that I, and to fill in the blank, what did you learn this past year about faith, about meaning, about truth? This past year, I learned that I. And the second question, this past year, I relearned that I. What's a truth that you relearned? What's something about life and faith that you relearned? This past year, answer this question I most needed to learn that. What did you most need to learn? Some things to stop and think about here, and hopefully, you'll take some time to really consider these questions here. This past year, I learned that, fill in the blank. I relearned that, I most needed to learn that, fill in the blank. And as you go forward into this year, what decision will help me enter more? into that rest. Again, if you look at lives that you cross, as I think about lives that I cross through the week, what is it that people truly want? People either want to change how they feel, they want to change a behavior. Well, how does that happen? It comes in a moment of decision. And ultimately that decision needs needs to drive us towards what is of true value, of lasting value, and what has more value than to be able to say, you know what, life has all sorts of challenges, but in Christ I walk in perfect peace. And then to go from that perfect peace for yourself and bring that promise and hope to other people to show them you don't have to wrestle like this anymore. You can trust that Christ has died. He liveth again, and now he lives in you. And if you surrender your life to him, he will live his life through you. And then you can just simply say, you know what? Though my sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Speechless moments. Occupy till he comes. Enter into that rest. So as we close in prayer this morning, this past year, I learned that I, I relearned that I, I most needed to learn that. And then lastly, as you think about the year before us, what decision will help me enter more into that rest? Boys. Take joy, my King.